This 2023-2024 NBA season-long player props edition of the PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added Pick'em Scorchers where you can win 100x. That's right, turn $5 into 500 in one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away 100000 Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $500. Rolls were brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code CFBX for $20, $20 off of your first purchase. Rolls were brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. And we're also brought to you by the NFL Second Chance Survivor Contest at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by Corey Pinkston and Barking Dog Properties. The contest starts this weekend, and it's free to enter. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash survivor. Welcome, everyone, to the PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Thursday, October the 19th, currently 104 on the East Coast. And you could probably tell by my voice I'm a little excited, just a little excited. It's the first PropCast of the 2023-2024 NBA season. NBA season, we're about, what, four days away from the first game tipping off on Tuesday. But, hey, we're going to get into some season-long player props here for the NBA season. And joining me, my guy, I got my guy here with me. We're going to be here all season long for the PropCast for the NBA. It's Chris B. Capping. Chris, we're ever so close from my man. We're that close away from the NBA season. How you feeling, my man? We are, you know, super excited, man. As you can tell by the big old smile on my face, look like a kid in the, in the candy store. And I just, you know, my parents told me I could buy whatever it is that I want and I get an unlimited <laughs> amount. With that close, you know, I'm excited, man. Excited to be on the PropCast with you this year. Like you said, uh, it's time to buckle up, time to lock in. Uh, you know, we, we've done our homework and hopefully we can give out, uh, you know, some winners based on the information that we found so like i said excited to be here man can't wait to talk nba hoops with you all season let's get it started you know yeah uh at least for this episode we're gonna get into some season long stuff and i really haven't paid attention to it chris i'm not sure if you have but i think this might be an extensive menu this season as far as season long player props and it's really on DraftKings right now where, I, where i've kind of dug it up i know FanDuel and some of the other places have it as well but uh, they've put out some uh, great um, markets as far as these long player props go. So we're gonna go through. Uh, we're gonna go through some players that we like for points per game. Uh, there are some projections out there on these books for their over under for points per game, rebounds per game, uh, assists per game. I think there's also a three point market as well. And then we're gonna get into some of the leaders that we like for this upcoming season, uh, as far as you know who's gonna lead the league in points, rebounds, assists, uh, three pointers made per game, and all that fun stuff. So hopefully we can put some money 
in the pockets of our listeners here. Um, if you haven't already subscribed to the NBA Gambling Podcast, now is a great time to do so because we're going to be uh, on the propcast for the NBA feed uh, on the YouTube channel here. So again, definitely tap in with us all season long and then We'll start working through the schedule, but at least the plan is for myself and Chris to get on the prop cast at least two, three times a week uh, to get into the player props uh, for the uh, games that start during the regular season. And then we'll we'll go from there. But at least for this season, or at least for uh, today, we're going to get into some season-long stuff like I mentioned. Um, Chris, I was trying to find some, um, I guess, a description or what the kind of the rules are on some of the the season long stuff for the um, the NBA season. I know for the NFL that we did, uh, it's pretty it's pretty uh, cut and dry. That hey, you know, player plays a down, it counts for the for the season. But I'm not sure if I don't know if you've seen anything, Chris, as far as if there's some type of stipulation that for these bets that we're going to give out here today that a player has to play in X amount of games. Have you seen anything like that, or is it just hey? If he plays one game, the bet counts. It's it's action. Have you seen anything about anything about that? So so a couple articles I read, you know, um, say that, and I'll just read the quote: to be eligible for like some of the actual awards. So to to be eligible for most valuable player, defensive player of the year, most improved player of the year, all defensive teams, uh, players must play uh, twenty 60. plus minutes in at least yeah. sixty five regular season games, right. or at least sixty two minutes. Um, if they are, you know, suffering a season season long injury or something like that, so um, that's the the most I could come up with, you know. So okay. hopefully the guys that we end up taking, you know, get get to that threshold, and uh, yeah. you know, we can uh, we can cash out on them. Yeah, hundred percent. So um, yeah, I know they came up with a new rule because of the whole, you know, the 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 load management and things like that. Uh, but I th- I think it's I, I I'm not in disagreement with the rule. I do like it. I mean. 20 minutes per game, it, it doesn't seem like a lot, especially in a 48-minute game where some of these superstars play well above 30 minutes per night. Um, you know, obviously, depending on team, there's some, you know, coaches that like their star players to be out there anywhere from 30 to 35 minutes. Some coaches push uh, push their players a little bit longer. Obviously, you know, that determines of how the game is going. Obviously, if you're up by 30 points into the fourth quarter, that's 99% sure that your star players are going to be sitting in that fourth quarter. But... Uh, Chris, let's just dive right into it, my man. We'll get into the first category here. Uh, again, you can find these on various books. I referenced it on DraftKings. Um, and we'll start with the threshold of there's a whole list of players um, with projections of how many points per game that they're going to average for the upcoming season. So we'll give you about two to three for each category. And like I mentioned, we'll get into the uh, scoring leader, rebound leader, assist leader, threes leader for the upcoming season. So Chris, I'll let you lead it off, man. What what stuck out to you as far as points per game here uh, for the upcoming season? Man, so th- th- I'm gonna start off on a on a on a scary foot, you know. If I'm I'm taking an under right off the right off the top, right. just go straight under. Uh, and and it's my guy, man, Bron Bron. It's uh, you know, I'm diehard Laker fan for people who don't know. Love LeBron James, love the Lakers. You look at Bron, he averaged 28.9 points per game, so almost 29 points per game last season. However, you look at this Laker team, they made trades to acquire you know scoring when they traded for guys like d'angelo russell rui hachimori came over in the middle of the season as well as that trade deadline expired and uh those guys contributed a ton then there was the emergence of austin reeves ar15 who got himself a bag over the offseason as well and we saw him average 17 points per game uh in the last two months as well uh the three of those guys combined you know averaged 42 points per game 
after the All-Star break throughout the regular season. So from February to the end of the season, the end of May, these guys were were really helping out a lot. And what we saw was Braun's scoring drop. Braun was averaging 33.8 points per game uh, in the month of of January. And that was when Anthony Davis was hurt before the Mm -hmm. trade. So, you know, he didn't have a lot of help. We saw those points per game come down, you know, off to 25 per game in the month of February and 20 points per game in the month of March because he received so much help. And and the Lakers did a really excellent job. Shout out to Rob Palenka. The guy did a really excellent job of re-signing those guys and making things a little bit easier for LeBron because we know that the guy's in his 21st season. I mean, the longevity is absolutely, you know, uh, it's absolutely remarkable. But I do think that those other guys should step up take the onus off LeBron uh, so that he can be in better shape because the, the goal of the, of the season for the Lakers will be championship or bust because they have LeBron mm-hmm. James, because they have Anthony Davis. So in his 21st season, I could only look at Bron to go under this number is 27 and 27.2, you know? So that's another thing for the, for the listeners as well. It's not, you know, on the dot, it's not 27 points. It's 27.2 points per game. Uh, I did, I did like LeBron to go under. Also, last thing I'll mention Anthony Davis, there's there's been talks and rumblings for the last couple of years that he's supposed to be the guy that's going to take over the reins and be the best player on this team. You know, and Coach Ham has said that, you know, um, throughout his pressers uh, for, for, the, for the Lakers so far this season, that he wants him to be more assertive. He also wants him to shoot about six threes per game. So we should see a lot more scoring for other players. And uh, LeBron scoring should be should be impacted. Um, which in his in his eyes probably he probably doesn't want to go out there and have to average twenty eight points per game. So I do think LeBron under twenty seven point two points per game. It is a minus one thirty. Don't like that I'm laying so much juice, but that does insinuate that LeBron probably does go under, especially if we can get a healthy Anthony Davis this season. You know. Yeah, I mean, obviously Anthony Davis probably comes out every season and says I want to play in all eighty two games. But I think uh, as an NBA fan, but also you as Lakers fan, anytime you see him even fall down to the court, you're you're holding your breath uh, for Anthony Davis. But I I don't disagree with this play by Le- uh, LeBron I, for everything that you mentioned there. Is that especially with this team here? Um, you mentioned that Rob Polinka did a great job of not only resigning the guys. Uh, that were on this roster last season, but also adding some, you know, uh, other players like Gabe Vincent that they brought up for the Miami Heat. Um, but there's options for now scoring, right? And I think there was a stretch last season where LeBron was scoring like 30 plus um, every single game when AD was out of the lineup. But when healthy, I think LeBron becomes a rebounder. He becomes a facilitator. Uh, and you let guys like Anthony Davis you let guys like, you know, even Austin Reeves, who had a great season last year, Rui Achimura coming off of the bench, D'Lo, you mentioned. So there's guys that can put the put the ball in the basket for you. Obviously, when you need LeBron to take over, he definitely can do that. But I think, yeah, this number is a little bit of a stretch. I, I expect him to be around, what, 25 points per game, averaging, you know, seven boards, eight boards, and seven, eight assists again uh, per game. But like you mentioned, I think this is going to be Anthony Davis's team uh, as far as the scoring responsibility does go. And eventually when LeBron does retire, Anthony Davis is going to be the face of this franchise um, for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, all right, Chris, before I get into my first um, uh, player prop here, let me tell everyone about SGPN Second Chance Survivor and the NFL Gambling Podcast Review uh, contest. If you've already been knocked out of your NFL Survivor, don't worry. We at SGPN got you covered with the SGPN Second Chance Survivor. 
presented by Corey Pinkston and Barking Dog Properties. 3000 is up for grabs. Winner takes all. It starts this weekend for NFL Week 7, so sign up now. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Survivor. Again, that's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash Survivor. We're also brought to you by the NFL Gambling Podcast. The guys over at NFL Gambling Podcast are doing a review contest. Leave an Apple Podcast review with your favorite touchdown-related bet for this weekend. Biggest winner gets a $50 SGPN gift card to the merch store. Make sure to include your YouTube username in the review and also the odds for the touchdown um, to, for the touchdown prop bet so we can contact you uh, if you are the winner. And we're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is a way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. Underdog has just introduced Scorchers. Go buy for five and pick them Scorchers and enjoy a spicy 100x payout. And for a limited time, the Underdog is extending their first deposit bonus of up to $500. 100,000 Sundays continue on Underdog Fantasy. 10 lucky players will win 10,000 each. So watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit of up to $500. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy using promo code SGPN. All right, Chris, uh, let me get into my first uh, uh, scoring prop here. And I'm going to go over to uh, – you started with the under – I'll start with the under here as well. I'm going to go over to the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm looking at Dame. Uh, Dame to go under his points projection of 27 point, uh, 27 and a half right now is what I see for him. And we talk about the Milwaukee Bucks roster, right? Obviously, they already had Giannis. It has Chris Middleton on there. And you add a, a, another superstar player like uh, Damian Lillard or all-star player uh, like Damian Lillard. Um, but I, again, it's it's the fact that this is still Giannis's team. And I think Giannis is going to be on on a a revenge tour this season after what kind of transpired in the first round for them against the Miami Heat. And we know during the regular season, the Milwaukee Bucks are are, are one of the better teams that do go over their win total. But I feel like this number is a little bit of a stretch for Damian Lillard because you take a look at what happened in Portland after CJ McCollum left. I mean, Dame was pretty much the guy. He was getting all the shot volume. He had the ultimate green light. Um, but I think that's going to change here in Milwaukee where he doesn't have to take on the entire scoring responsibility. You still have Chris Middleton. You still have Giannis on this team. The depth around them is going to be good as well. Obviously, you know, Brick Lopez is still there. Uh, you still have Bobby Portis there as well. You still have shooters around these players. Um, so I'm thinking that for Damian Lillard, that the shot volume is going to decrease for him a little bit. I, I think that's going to be something in the same range where I think that LeBron is going to be and where he's going to be around that 25, 26 points per game. I still think Giannis, this offense goes, uh, starts and stops with Giannis. Um, and I think that Giannis is probably still going to average 29, 30 points per game this upcoming season. I think for Lillard coming over to the Milwaukee Bucks, I think he's he's going to have to take that seat back in a role that he hasn't really been in because he's always been that number one guy in Portland. But you still have Chris Milton on this team. He's still a guy that can get you 17, anywhere from 17 to 20 points per night. There's always only one basketball. And I think that the Milwaukee Bucks, like I mentioned earlier, that if their team is up by 20, 25, 30 points, they're going to be sitting their stars. And, you know, Lillard has battled some injuries over the past couple of seasons. And again, maybe that's by choice to just sit him because maybe you're trying to get better, better draft picks over there in Portland, but I think that at least he might just have to take a step back and that shot volume might not be there for Damian Lillard. So I'm taking the under 27 and a half points per game here for Dame this upcoming season with the Bucks here, Chris. 
Yeah, you know, this I felt like this number was was pretty pretty close to where it should be, but I couldn't play the over. Um, could he go out and average thirty? Absolutely, he could. But like, yeah. there's too many other factors that that you got to take into consideration, like the blowouts, right? Like we expect this offense to get clicking. They still have the length, you know, down low to be able to protect the rim with with Brooke Lopez and Giannis and Bobby Portis. So I think it still be a really good defense. Also, you you mentioned the one thing that kind of stuck out to me, you know, that and that was Chris Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton is a yeah. guy who saw his points per game drop five. He dropped from 22 years ago to only 15 last year, and big part was due to injury. They they couldn't play him in back-to-backs. We know that he was in and out of the lineup, but, you know, according to what I'm hearing, it sounds like he's going to be pretty healthy and, and ready to go at the beginning of the season, although he hasn't been partaking in a lot of these preseason games. But just 33 games played last year and 19 started, so I do expect his production to go up. And then you also bring in a guy like Malik Beasley who can fill it up from three. So it might yeah. not just be Dane that's out there doing all, you know, doing all the scoring. So I would, I would, I would, I would lean towards the under on this one. Definitely not take the over. Yeah. All right, Chris, take us over to your next one, man. What do you got? All right. So player prop number two, I got a couple narrative ones in him. You know, the first one all I'm right. gonna go with is actually I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with your boy. You know, I'm gonna go Jalen Green. Let's go to okay. Houston and talk about Jalen Green. So. Uh, Jalen Green to average, so this one is over on uh, DraftKings as well. But instead of his points per game, the number that you can get, which I'm not sure what his number is, um, I just went straight to average 24 points per game in the regular season. Jalen Green's a plus okay. 180 to do so. Uh, mm-hmm. You look at Jalen Green, third year in the league. He's probably in the best situation entering uh, this season. He has a new competent head coach, and Ime Udoka who comes over, uh, yep. legitimate point guard, and Fred Van Fleet who comes over from Toronto as well. Uh, and just to add to the narrative, Green, I was listening to an interview actually earlier this morning. Green said that Same. he think it's time for him to kind of elevate his game, elevate his game, take it to superstar, uh, take it to all-star type status. Yeah. And uh, I think he does so. In his first season, he averaged 17 points per game. We saw a jump of five points per game all the way to 22 uh, last season. So we're really just asking him to average two more points per game. In a, in a better situation overall. Like I said, better coach, better point guard. Uh, the opportunity uh, will be there, I think. Um, and I think we see his game improve just based on the workouts that we saw, based on you know him getting stronger. And and, and he talked a lot about diversifying what his offseason kind of looked like so that he could take bits and pieces from other players. And you know he was out in L.A. getting a lot of run in with some of those superstars. And to me, it just seems like he's locked in, you know, if he wants to take his game to the next level. So I think Jalen Green could jump these uh, two points that he needs, and I love that I can get it at plus 180. So Jalen Green, the average 24 points, is a plus 180 on DraftKings. I love that. Um, the number uh, under that points per game for him was at 22.7. It's a little bit juiced. I believe I saw that minus 125 over on DraftKings. But, I mean, I could sit here and talk about hours and hours about the Rockets and how now it's transformed from, you know, Steven Silas not really having an identity on offense so now you bring in a competent head coach like Imi Udoka. And I know they brought in Fred Van Vliet, but I think it's more for him to be that guy in the locker room and be a leader to the young guys. Um, and I think this offense is going to go through Jalen Green and, and Shangun for, for the Rockets, right? And I think that you take a look at the first two seasons for Jalen Green, he averaged 17.3 points um, in this rookie season. And then last year, 76 games, 22.1. So, Maybe we, I mean, we're not going to see a five points per game increase like he had from year one to year two, but we're just asking him to be three, four points uh, better here, three points better per game um, for Jalen Green. I think this is a big year for Jalen Green in year three. 
Um, and you mentioned all the off uh, off court stuff during the uh, off season where he was working his tail off of the workouts and, and working with some of the superstars in the league as well. So I, I'm really high on Jalen Green. I'm hoping that he has a big season for the Houston Rockets because, again, he's he, he's a bucket man. He can shoot the basketball. He can get to the basket as well at will as well. So I think it's going to be a big year for Jalen Green. So I'm not going to talk you off of Jalen Green averaging at least 24 points per game uh, for this upcoming season. Uh, for the next one, uh, let me go over to uh, – I I don't think there's much of a handicap here, uh, Chris, because this guy probably has the ultimate green light uh, over there in Washington. Jordan Poole, over 24 and a half uh, – uh, sorry, 24.7 points. I mean, look, are we going to be shocked if this guy's getting up 30 shots per game? Uh, I, I don't think so because we saw when he was with the Golden State Warriors coming in with that second unit or even times when he was starting – He's gonna get the uh, he's gonna get the shots up, whether that's from the three point line or whether that's him getting to the basket or the free throw line. I think that him going over to the Washington Wizards now, where you don't have KP there anymore, you don't have Bradley Beal. Those were the two guys that were your your top scoring leaders for the past several seasons over there in Washington. But now you bring in Jordan Poole here, who's gonna be the ultimate chucker, uh, whether it's from the three point line, thirty feet away, or getting to the basket. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. Jordan Poole is averaging 26, 27 points per game here. But I thought this number was really conservative for Jordan Poole uh, for him pretty much being the guy on offense. I know it's going to be him, Kyle Kuzma, in combination of the young guys. But I think that, again, with the ultimate green light that he's going to have, 24.7 just seemed a little little, uh, conservative for Jordan Poole and what he is capable of doing. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to talk about Jordan Poole a little bit later, but uh, <laughs> you, took, you took a lot of my notes and, you know, it's not not even really notes. This is just what we kind of expect based on situation. So, uh, yeah, 20. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that'll be an easy number. We saw we saw last night if anybody had a chance to tune in. Um, he, they were actually uh, in New York at the Garden last night and Jordan Poole had 41 yeah. points. Where there were highlights, um, you know, of, of um, I think I want to say it was Corey Kisper or Danny Abia. Um, it was Avdia. Avdia kind of waving his hands like, hey, I'm open, I'm open. And Jordan, <laughs> Jordan Poole's letting that thing go. He's shooting it yeah. left and right, man. And you see Avdia kind of put his head down. So it's, he might be in for a long season, you know, with, with Jordan Poole out there in that ultra green light that he has. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that this morning. I was like, oh, this is going to be a long season for some of those guys over Absolutely. there on the <laughs> on the offensive side for the Wizards. Uh, did you have any more points per game uh, props out there? Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk one more. You know, if I, yeah, I, I, I can talk all. We can talk all day. You have to cut me off and tell me to be quiet. But uh, Trey Young, I like Trey Young in this spot as well. You know, I, that's my points third one game, as well. Points per game sitting at twenty six and a half, uh, twenty six point one uh, yeah. minus one fifteen on DK. Back to back season, Trey's averaged at least uh, you know twenty six point one, twenty six point two last season, and three of his last four games, three of his last four seasons as well. You look at. His numbers last season, this was kind of surprised me when I started doing the digging. You know, last season, we saw his field goal percentage drop from 46 two years ago to 43, yeah. which yeah. was actually the second worst in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and his three-point percentage dropped from 38.2 to 33.5. Uh, and he still cashed the number. And in a season where I feel, I kind of feel like Trey has a lot to prove. He has a lot of people that he wants to shut up. He's referenced it on his podcast and, you know, in all these other social media platforms that he's kind of talked about, just feeling disrespected. I think he comes out with a vengeance. Uh, you look at this team, and they don't have a ton of scoring options, in my opinion, that are going to take away shots from Trey. And he's the point guard, so he's going to shoot the ball when he wants to. It's a quick, quick, easy handicap for me. You know, if I think, uh, you know, and John Collins is gone, and that's not necessarily going to mean more points for him, but it could mean 
that they need to score more points. So I do think that Trey's been locked in over the course of the offseason, has a lot to prove, and I would only play him over this 26.1 points per game uh, over on DK, you know. I think there was an injury concern last season with with Trey Young there as well. I, I, I want to say it was batting a shoulder injury last season as well. And again, there's a lot of off the court stuff that was happening within that Hawks organization, whether you know it was him between him and Nate McMillan and, and that whole John Collins fiasco there as well. But like you mentioned, I think that I think for this Hawks team now they have the roster, they have the head coach now, and I think that we, when you bring in Quinn Snyder, I think he's going to take over as that Donovan Mitchell role, where kind of just be that scorer. And I know you have Dejounte Murray, where he's going to be the guy that's probably going to be getting the assist for this team. He's going to be setting up the offense, and you have Trey Young playing off of the ball. But I, yeah, like you mentioned, this was one of the ones that, that the the ones that stuck out to me as well. This was one of the first ones that I wrote down. So I'm not going to regurgitate everything that Chris just said there. So Trey Young over 26.1 points per game for this upcoming season. All right, Chris, before we get over to rebounds per game uh, for the upcoming season, uh, let me tell everyone about game time. You probably want to get out there for uh, opening night for your respective NBA teams, or you still want to get out to a football game, whether it's at the collegiate level or the NFL or hockey season's underway as well. Or maybe there's a comedy show or the theater that's near you and you want to get out to do uh, to those events. Let Game Time uh, help you out and make the uh, process of buying those tickets very, very easy. All you got to do is download the Game Time app, and they have some great features on their app as well. Like I mentioned, they have flash deals and last-minute tickets are always available. They're easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Like, like I mentioned, not just sporting events. But the best thing I love about their app is when you actually go in to buy those tickets, you actually get an image of your seat view before you actually purchase those tickets. So you know exactly what you're going to get when you get to that respective venue. Forget playing months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the event and get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and much more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less at another venue or another outlet, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's how confident they are in their prices. Uh, like I mentioned, you get images of your seat before you buy them so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're all set. And also, the best part, those tickets go right into that app. You don't have to wait uh, in the mailbox for the tickets to be mailed to you or in your email box. No, they're right there in the app or right there on the phone. So download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Turn to apply. Again, create an account, redeem code CFBX for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And we're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, a sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bets with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bets' revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg as well as expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort our players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users with Hall of Fame uh, Hall of Fame bets to craft a more intelligent data-driven parlay. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right, Chris, let's get over to the rebounds per game market here. Uh, what do you got for uh, this uh, for this market? So rebounds, you know, if I actually got another 
under that I want to talk about. Um, and I, I didn't like a lot of these, a lot of these rebound props. They kind of felt like they, the numbers were kind of spot on. Yeah. But the one that did kind of stick stick out to me was DeAndre Ayton, and I like his under. Is the numbers ten and a half? Is minus one fifteen on DK? So you're not playing too, play, paying too much juice. And I'm just kind of thinking about the situation for Ayton. So he did average ten and a half rebounds, which I don't think I realized that Ayton averaged ten and a half rebounds. Uh, but a couple times before, but the number, you know, 10 and a half is what the number set at. He's only, he's only averaged 10 and a half two times out of his first five seasons in the league. Uh, so this number I think should actually drop. And I think he should probably average around 10, maybe a little less than 10. You look at last season in Phoenix, he averaged just 15.6 rebound chances per game, which was barely in the top 20. So that means he converted a lot of the opportunities that he did get to actually get the rebounds. Uh, he was actually one of only two players. Him and Julius Randle were the only players in the league to average double-digit rebounds that averaged less than 16 rebound chances. Because remember I said he only averaged 15.6. Yeah. So a change of scenery I think is the biggest piece as well, Muno. So I'll finish with that. From Phoenix to Portland, <laughs> that's going to look a lot different for Aiden, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and we know that this is the biggest part. Rebounding is about defense. Right. Yeah. You, you can't get a rebound if you don't play defense. Yeah. So think about these numbers. Portland defensively last year, 28th defensive rating the year before 27. So they haven't played defense in Portland in a long time. They probably shouldn't even call it Portland. They should probably call it Portland and just keep <laughs> the D off. Right. So, but you look at you look at the Suns. They actually ranked seventh in defensive defensive rating last year, which is why you're able to get those rebound chances. Um, I went back and look at Nurkic last year because, of course, he's not there. He's going to they, they kind of swap spots. Nurkic led this team in rebounding with just 9.1 per game due to the lack of the defense. And, and then there's the opportunity for them to get blown out, like which we you probably should anticipate. Uh, the, the Blazers team total set at 28 and a half right now, which is the third fewest in the league. So the books are anticipating this team to win a lot of games. Aiden may not play the same amount of minutes that we saw him in the last game. So I like Aiden to go under his 10 and a half. You know, we just need him to average 10.1, 10.3. So if he gets 9.7 or something like that, then, you know, we cash this pretty easily. I will be playing this one as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm high on Aiton this season just because, like you mentioned, the change of scenery. I, I just think that he wasn't he wasn't going to be utilized the way or he wasn't going to get the touches he was going to get. In, um, he wanted to in Phoenix just because, again, you have Devin Booker there. You had Mikael Bridges at the time. Um and I think that, again, you know, we read about the rift that he had with Coach Monty Williams as well and him just probably not wanting to be there. And again, it wasn't going to get any better for him this season when you had Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and now Bradley Beal there. But I, I'm, I thought if this number was around 10.1 or 10.2, something close to 10, I would have came in on the over. But I think 10 and a half was of a big stretch for me. I did consider taking the over uh, for DeAndre Ayton. But I think that 10 and a half is a stretch here. But I, I really do like Aiden to have a big season uh, for the uh, for the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, I do. I did get down on him for most improved player of the year uh, award. I think that's a possibility for DeAndre Aiden just because you know, you're going from a team that you were underutilized, possibly now going to a team that you know, I know they have Scoot Henderson and Anthony Simons and those guys. But I think that I think it was a first preseason game there, Chris, where. He just absolutely just dunked the ball, and we didn't see that a lot from DeAndre Aiden in, in the Phoenix. So I think that this might be a bigger year than a lot of people are expecting for Aiden. But, yeah, I was considering this, but uh, I think you kind of talked me off of, of not taking the over there. So uh, no significant disagreement for me on this one. Um, 
Yeah, I, I agreed with you. There was another lot I liked for this uh, rebounding uh, rebounds per game. I'll, I'll throw out Devonis Sabonis out there, 12.2 rebounds. I mean, uh, I'll take the over on that. I, again, when we talk about Sabonis, uh, and when you're looking at some of these, uh, uh, especially for the rebounding categories, you want to look at guys that also can get you offensive rebounds as well, right? And I think Devontae Sabonis and guys like you know, Steven Adams and uh, Nikola Jokic, those are guys that can also get offensive rebounds for you as well. Um, but if you kind of just take a look at what Sabonis has done in the course of his career, he's really been right at this number ever since the 2019-2020 season when he was with the Pacers. Um, 12.4, 12, 12.1, 12.3. Uh, last season, uh, he had 12.3. So that number is right there. I think you could get, again, 12.3, 12.4 in that realm of possibility. It's a very fine margin, but I want to give out something, at least for the rebounding prop market. So, again, I'm, it's, it's a little bit chalky, obviously, with Sabonis. So I'm going to go with the uh, over there on uh, Sabonis at 12.2 rebounds per game. Any thoughts on Sabonis for this upcoming year? Yeah, I mean, so initially, I didn't, I didn't like I didn't like the number for Sabonis just because uh, I know that JaVale McGee is not going to, like, change it. He's not going to change things too much instead of pot up too much because – of where he is in his career. But, you know, it's just another big that they have uh, down there. But uh, the reason why I didn't play the under is because, and what kind of talked me off of that is because of the way that they lost last year. We saw some bonus numbers drop. I'm I'm yeah. not a big fan of, like, betting against players when it's something clear that they need to work on. And I think so for, for some bonus, it's his toughness. Like, he his rebounds went down, his points went down. We saw Draymond kind of punk him in that series. Uh, and, and, you know, shout out to Steve Kerr, kind of create a game plan to to make him not that effective. So I think that Sabonis probably took that serious. And if he did, that that could lead to him, you know, just just dominating again on the, from the rebound perspective. But there's also the thought that, you know, Coach Mike Brown wants his guys to kind of crash to be able to help Sabonis because we know that one of the Kings' problems last year, while they loved to score the ball and they loved to get out in transition, they didn't play with a lot of size. So the other guys may be, you know, coming down to kind of crash, the Harrison Barnes, the Trey Lyles of the world, uh, you know, those guys may be coming down to kind of help Sabonis as well. So no real thought on this one, you know, but I could easily see him going over. Uh, really wouldn't surprise me if he averaged 13 rebounds, honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think, again, this market was a little difficult, especially for rebounding, because there's so many um, opportunities for other players to grab rebounds as well. So uh, at least I want to throw one out there. All right, Chris, let's get over to assists per game. I'll leave this one off. And I think, again, we're both high on Trey Young this upcoming season. I took Trey Young over 10 assists. I know DeJounte Murray is there. Um for this Atlanta Hawks team, but I think that uh, that Trey Young is a guy we've seen him do it throughout his career where the assists are going to be there for him. Um, you take a look at the course of his career. Uh, I'm trying to pull up the exact numbers here for Trey Young's assists per game, but last year uh, it was a down year like we talked about earlier with the points per game, but he still averaged 10.2 assists per game, um, and he's been hovering around getting close to 10 all throughout his career. On his rookie year, he had 8.1, but since then, 9.3, 9.4, 9.7, he had 10.2 last year, even with DeJounte Murray there. So I think that you know Quinn Snyder will be able to figure out how Trey Young and DeJounte Murray are going to play with each other. But I think the assists are still going to be there. And we've seen with this uh, this Atlanta Hawks team that they have they like to throw lobs, especially when you have a guy like Clint Capella or Yekia Kongu out there, the guys that can go out there and dunk the ball. They added Sadiq Bey. Uh, at the trade deadline last year, the guy that can knock down the three-point shot. You saw Bogdanovich coming off of the bench. So 
you know, you have guys that can fill up the basket and, and Trey Young and both DeJounte Murray can, you know, rack up those assists as well. So I think for Trey Young, uh, I also do like him. I know we'll talk about this a little bit later for, you know, assist leader um, for the entire league, but I'm really high on Trey Young, like we talked about for the points per game. I think the assists are going to be there for, for him as well here, uh, Chris. Yeah, I mean, just so so just so people and this make sure people understand, like we we like his points, we like his assists as well. Uh, I couldn't talk you off his assists, you know. He, the thing with Trey Young is his usage is always going to be so high. So I, yeah. that's what I wanted to check real quick. Thirty one point three last year, which is actually uh, when you think about taking just to filter this just a tad bit, you take those two out. That that means Trey Young was sixth in the league last year uh, when it comes to u- usage, and that was only behind Luca. Ja, Dame, Tatum, and SGA. So absolutely, I mean, this guy's going to have a ball in his hands so much, and we know what he does for that offense. The other thing I think to make sure to mention is Coach Quinn Snyder, like you said as well, you know, if he, Snyder, even when they were in, even when he was in, in Utah and he had Donovan Mitchell, he had Rudy Gobert, he still never was known for his defense, but they Utah Jazz could really score some points back then. So, yeah. so I think you know, I think that that, that we kind of see that again, and that I'm pretty sure that was some of the wrath that he had with Coach Nate McMillan was, you know, the the effort on the defensive end. So now that Trey, you know, is free from that situation, you know, I would only be able to look towards his overs at all, you know, all, all together, whether we're talking about points or assists. Uh, all right, Chris, what do you like for uh, assists uh, per game here? So assists per game for me, I really like the new guy. You know, the new guy on the block is Tyus Jones to average yes. seven assists. That's my second uh, one. Yeah, yeah, to average seven assists for the regular season is actually a minus one hundred five. I looked at that number. That's actually on Bet three six five. Um, if you have access to that sports book, um, new situation for him. I think we mm-hmm. we we anticipate to see his minutes spike this season as well. Just yep. a, kind of a play on his situation. He averaged five point two yep. assists last season in just twenty four minutes per game, and we expect yep. that number. To, we expect both of those numbers to go up. You think about Poole, and we talked about the the ultra green light that he has. We know Kuzma can get a little get a little a little uh, you know trigger happy as well shooting the ball. Uh, I think I think Tyus Jones can average close to eight assists. You know, maybe seven point five, seven point seven assists per game. Uh, so give me Tyus Jones to go over to average seven assists for the regular season this year. Yeah, I mean everything you mentioned, right? Is it's a situation that he's in, right? He's his responsibility is there to set up the offense and get the ball to guys like Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole, and he's been able to rack up those assists. So I think is during the regular season, Chris, I think you and I have to keep an eye on his number and, and what his assist number is coming out at because I think the the market will eventually correct. But I think early on in the season, when some of these guys are in new situations, I think that's when we really got to pounce on these player props and, and take advantage before the the market does correct himself. So I think we got to remember Titus Jones when we do talk about daily uh, um you know player props for the regular season when games do start. But yeah. This was one I wrote down as well. Everything that you mentioned, so I'm not going to regurgitate everything. So Tyus Jones, uh, you know, Chris mentioned on Bet365, it's at 7. It's at 7.1 over on DraftKings. But again, I think that you know, this is a definitely a player that can, at minimum, I think will have at least 7.5 assists per game. Wouldn't be surprised if he's, in the, again, they're up at 8, 8.5, maybe even more, just because of the situation that he is in with Washington. Um, any other ones you do like for assists per game here, Chris? 
Yeah, so my second one, you know, if I'm going with the chalk, man, I, I love this guy at point guard, and that's Tyrese Halliburton. Ooh. You can get Halliburton. The amount of money we made last season taking Halley's, like, double-double and double assist last year, oh, my Absolutely, God. Absolutely, you know. So so you can get you can get Halli- you can get Halliburton to average 11 assists, you know, at minus 105. He averaged okay. – uh, He's he, the, the thing I like about Halley is, one, he got paid this offseason, so I think that they're – uh, you know, if you listen to the podcast, he was on podcast P with Paul George and the crew. Um, and I think based on what I heard, it sounds like he wants to, you know, earn that money. And he he loves that the 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 ownership group for the Indiana Pacers believed in him that much. And he wants to live up to live up to the hype. Um, his assist number just keeps going up as well. You know, two years ago, he was 9.6 last mm-hmm. year, 10.4. Um, he also led the league, and this is what I always look at, potential assists last year. We know what that number was. It was close to 20, which was yeah. two assists, two two potential assists more than what he what he averaged, uh what he averaged uh, m- more than uh, anybody else last season. So I love that for Halliburton in the spot as well. Uh the Pacers, we know that they play with pace, you know. I looked at this, so um they they actually project this team to win four to, four to five more games than they did last season. We know that that, that starts and ends with Halliburton. Yeah. Um, I look for him to be the point guard, the addition to rock, left and right. Buddy Hill's still there, even though he wants to be traded mm-hmm. um, because they couldn't restructure a deal. He, you add Bruce Brown, you add Obi Toppin, who's an alley-oop threat on every single play. The Pacers are going to be flying up and down the court, and we're going to be cashing tickets left and right with Halliburton. And I do think that he'll be able to average the 11 assists uh, per game this year, you know. Also, that you look at the other guys, James Harden last year. We're not sure what, what situation he's going to be in. Yeah. Um, and Halliburton missed it by 0.3 uh, assists per game last year to, to Harden. And uh, who's the other guy, you know, that I'm that I'm blanking on right now uh, as far as assisting Chris Paul. Chris Paul's Chris Paul, in a new yeah. situation as well because you know he he's going to be in that backup slash secondary role with the Golden State Warriors and have less usage. So I love Halliburton to not just lead the league in assists, but the average 11 this year, you know. Yeah, I, I have Hallie later for a assist leader per game uh, for the regular season. But everything that you just mentioned, I mean, he's just that type of player, right? He can score the basketball. He can, uh, you know, rack up the assists. We saw it. I mean, we were blinking our eyes, and he had like five, six assists within that first quarter for the Indiana Pacers. And like you mentioned, Rick Carlisle offenses, they like to play with pace. I know they added some defensive guys to kind of give him some length. And with Obi Toppin, you know, Bruce Brown is a very versatile player as well. Uh, either if he's going to be starting or coming off of the bench for the Pacers, I think that's a great pickup for them as well. So um, hopefully Halliburton is able to stay healthy this season because, you know, last year, there was a stretch towards the end of the season where he was, you know, he did get hurt, and I think that would kind of derail um the the pacers at least trying to get into the play-in tournament um last year i think he only played what yeah 56 games out of the 82 last year so hopefully he's able to get in that range of 65 70 this year um and another guy that you could probably you know put in the conversation of of of, uh, most improved player um and definitely a guy that could probably get his first uh uh, playoff uh i'm sorry his player first uh all-star appearance um for the pacers upcoming season uh, one more I want to quickly discuss here with you, and I think that right now you mentioned James Harden and and also Russell Westbrook that we've talked a lot about on the NBA Gambling Podcast. But let's just say that eventually that James Harden does end up with the Clippers. What do you think that does to the role of Russell Westbrook? Like, it's obviously he's really coming off of the bench, but you still expect him to be that high-volume guy as far as uh, filling up a stat sheet? Because right now I see his number at 6.9 assists per game. Where he did average last year seven and a half assists per game, and again, you can't fault Russell Westbrook just because of the way you know he plays a game of basketball. It's downhill; his motor is always on. Um, but I think that was an interesting conversation just to have 
to see what would happen to Russell Westbrook's role if James Harden eventually ended up with the Los Angeles Clippers. I think, you know, that if that if that does happen, you send Westbrook to the to the bench, but I don't know if that's necessarily the worst scenario cuz sure. because they they they're, they're like they're missing a lot. I watched them play against the Denver Nuggets the other day and man, they their second unit just couldn't they can't really score the ball. I mean, I know you got Bones Highland out there, you got Terrence Mann, but they don't have like that solidified score outside of Norman Powell, right? So I think that that just helps a lot. And you mentioned it. You're not going to change Westbrook's game. So I think he does continue to fill the stat sheet. It doesn't matter if you put the guy out there to play center. He's still going to play the game the same exact way. It's going to be with a lot of pace, downhill, trying to get to the rim, put pressure on on, on the interior part of your defense so that he can, he can you know, penetrate and, and dish. So I would still, uh, you know, look for him to be, um, effective. Any the other thing with, with that that you know we can't really look quantify with numbers is just his sense of peace. You know, if I think you know being with the Clippers, it, it's a lot less noise. It's a lot easier for him to live his life. He didn't have to buy a new house. He's still in L.A. where he, where he was born and raised. Yeah. Uh, you know, UCLA product. So um, I like Westbrook. Uh, you know, in this spot. You know, whether they have to shift him to the bench, I think that you you, you probably get a little more buy in from Coach Talu just because he enjoys the situation a lot more. Yeah, I agree with everything that you just said there. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I think that for Westbrook, you know, for the deal that he did sign with the Clippers, I think that, you know, him coming off of the bench might just be the better uh, situation for him if Harden does end up with the L.A. Clippers. Uh, I think it's a matter of when and not if uh, for James Harden and the Clippers. All right, Chris, let's get over to the three-point market here. This was a very limited menu that I did find here, but um, anything that stuck out to you as far as uh, three-pointers made per game? Three pointers made per game, you know. So, so just so people know, a lot of these are on FanDuel as well. FanDuel did have a three point market uh, as well as DraftKings, but the one that kind of jumped out to me the most, you know, was I mean, of course, you have like Steph Curry, and the odds for Steph are not going to be the greatest because he's the greatest shooter that we've ever seen. So, yeah. even at a minus one fifty, you still can feel like you're getting a discount, and he does it in the regular season, the playoffs. He did it last night in the preseason when he hit the game winner against the Sacramento Kings. So, I, I pivot off of Steph. Uh, Lamelo was an interesting one for me, you know, just yeah. because I know he likes to jack a lot. Eighteen to one. Uh, you know, plus 1,800 on FanDuel, only plus 1,200 on DraftKings. So DraftKings put a little bit more respect on LaMelo. But LaMelo got paid this offseason. So hopefully that doesn't, yeah. you know, backfire. Uh, but, you know, because some some guys do, they, 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 they don't play as well. They don't show up as much when they get those major paydays. But Melo shot 10 and a half threes per game last season, you know, which was the third most, uh, and made four threes per game, which was actually the fourth most. And he only played 36 games last year. So if he can play a full season, I do think that he can compete with the Steph Currys and the Klay Thompsons and the Damian Lillers of the world, um, who all shot and made just about as many, just about or as many as you know threes as he took last season as well. Um, I think Clay could start to slow down just a tad bit, just because it is another year for him. Although it is a contract year, I understand that. Uh, mm-hmm. Steph and Dame are going to continue to be Steph and Dame, but at, at eighteen to one, you know, I feel like it's at least worth a shot, and you know, it's a contrarian look to, for, for Melo. Yeah, I don't hate it. I mean, like you mentioned, he he's gonna chuck up the ball uh as well. I know, you know, they added Brandon Miller, but maybe for more for defensive purposes. But um, I mean, you take a look at Melo's numbers, his field goal attempts per game from his rookie season have ha- increased about an average of about three point three uh per uh per per year over year, right? Thirteen point two. 16.7 the average 20 shots per game last season from the three-point line 
Uh, those numbers drastically increased as well. He was averaging 11 attempts, close to 11 attempts last season uh, as far as from the three-point line. So 50% of his shots were coming at least from the three-point line. So again, when we talk about this type of market, you're looking for guys that obviously are going to shoot the volume there as well. And again, when you talk about LaMelo, I think that you know that number is is definitely going to be uh, up there as well again this season for the upcoming year for the Charlotte Hornets and LaMelo Ball. Um it's difficult to handicap this market because we know it, it's pretty much going to be Steph Curry at the end of the day. I thought there was a little bit of value on on a guy like Buddy Heald, uh, 20 to 1. He's He's been in the top five, top three over the past several years, and we know the type of shooter that he is. Um, the situation with the Pacers, like we mentioned uh, earlier in the episode, that he is looking for that trade. So maybe he goes to a team that where he does get enough shot volume as well. Um, but he's a guy that can knock it down. I mean, we've seen him do that all throughout his career, uh, whether he was with the Kings or whether it was, it's been with the Pacers. I think that number, uh, uh, should still be there for him, even if he is still playing with the Pacers or, or if he does find another team, but at 20 to one, I didn't hate it for buddy healed. Uh, the other one that kind of did stick out to me. I, I know we're talking a lot about him is Jordan Poole at 30 to one, just because again, my man, you know, talk about it. <laughs> it's, it's just again, shot volume, right? Again, we know he can knock the three-point shot down. He was coming off of the bench for, for the Golden State Warriors, you know, in the early part of his career before he did get traded over to the Washington Wizards. But now him being that starting lineup, I mean, I, I think we're looking at LaMelo Ball type of numbers here, uh, Chris, whether it's, it's you know, 20 attempts per game or it's going to be at least half of those shots coming from the three-point line for uh, for Jordan Poole. So at, at 20 to 1, I think that's a very difficult number to ignore for him to uh, lead the league in, in three-pointers made per game. Hey, you know, don't let him get hot. Don't let him get. Oh, yeah. Don't let him. Don't let. Don't let him see his first two go in, and, and don't <laughs> let it be too bad. He's sitting on the front row because it's over. He might shoot twenty of them that game, right? But like you mentioned, you know, volume gonna be there. Ultra green light uh, under uh, Coach West Unsell Jr. in Washington. He averaged seven point eight attempts last season, which actually ranks sixteenth. Now he gets his own team with a bunch of dudes that can't shoot the three point ball. Like I'm not high on Washington at all, outside of you know uh, watching pool play. Um, and, and, of course, Kyle Kuzma as well and Tyus Jones. But a lot of those other guys, you know, if they just don't move the needle for me, like Washington has been one of those organizations that has really struggled to kind of develop talent. But back to Poole, he averaged 2.5 makes last season, won 33% shooting, which was an off year for him because he shot 35% the year before, back-to-back years before. So you actually can get him at plus 3,500 to, to be the three-point leader on uh, on FanDuel. So, um, yeah, I think it's worth a stab. Something small. Yeah, I agree. Um, anything else for a three-point market here before we move into uh, the scoring leaders here, uh, Chris? No, no, I think that's – I think that, that – we, we covered it pretty well, I think, yeah. you know. All right, uh, let's go reverse order here. Let's go assist leader uh, for there. I think the top two guys right there uh, are the odds-on favors. Is guys, I can't really look past – Hallie at two to one and, and Trey Young at plus two sixty. I mean, I mean, we talked a lot about both Hallie and and Trey Young on this episode. Um, I think those guys are. I, I hate going chalk in this market, but I think that those are the two guys that are probably going to be up there via assist leader. I, I know you mentioned Chris Paul at fifteen to one um, to be an assist. Uh, I'm sorry uh, for him to at least get assist uh, being in the system with the Golden State Awards, whether he's going to be starting or coming off the bench where he can rack up assists that way. I mean, when you have two flamethrowers like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, if Chris, if Chris Paul can find those guys, he can rack up the assist there as well. So I think that was another guy that I, I, I would consider at 15 to one, but I feel like this, this category is probably chalk heavy with Hallie and, and Trey Young at the top there, Chris. 
Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. You know, I had I had Holly written down as well. Plus two ten on FanDuel, plus two hundred five on DraftKings. The books yeah. aren't giving you a discount on on Holly. Uh, finished second last season, like we talked about, just point three behind Harden. Uh, Andy only played the 56 games due to injury, and we've seen this number just kind of continue to increase every single game. I've mentioned it already, but we expect him to be flying up and down the court, playing with a bunch of pace, which are only going to lead to more assist opportunities. Going back to assists, like I talked about, his his 19.8 potential assists led the league and was two more than any player last year. Paces finished top five in pace last season as well, you know, and ninth in total possessions. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're looking for. And that was with Halliburton missing 28 games. So now you add Bruce Brown, you add Obi Toppin, and some of those other guys get a chance to develop like a Ben Matherin. This offense is going to be fun to watch, you know, first quarter, first half, over. <laughs> I agree 110% with that for sure. Um, all right, so that is the assist leader, Mark. Let's get over to rebounding leader, uh for this upcoming season here chris uh the odds on favorite right now is going to be it's a little chalk heavy uh with sabonis plus 275 followed by ad at three to one Jokic around close to four to one rudy gobert four to one Giannis close to five to one and then there's a drop off after that to stephen adams at 12 to one but anything that kind of excited you in this market yeah, I think so. A little bit of narrative and a little bit of bounce back, you know, is uh, is Giannis. Giannis is six to one on FanDuel. You can get him at plus six six hundred, plus four seventy five. I, I think is what I wrote down on DraftKings. Um, another player I think that just has a lot to prove this season, based on how last season ended. We remember the failure talk, right? At the at the at the post at the uh, podium uh, in that season last year. I think he takes that. I think he takes the series this season very serious, and he reserts himself. Uh, as being the most dominant big man in the league in comparison. Because we got to remember, Jokic won won finals MVP last year and MVP the, and, and uh, finals won, won the finals MVP and Embiid won the MVP last year. So we, yeah. now we're talking about big men, right? And, Yo- and, and Giannis fits in that category. We saw yeah. him average 11.8 rebounds per game last season, which was good for third. Uh, but he missed 19 games as well due to injury. So he was in and out of the lineup. We saw that all the way through because he ended up missing games in the first round when they lost to the Miami Heat as well. Uh, and he finished sixth in rebound chances last season as well. Given his comp- his competition uh, for for players with the with the shorter eyes, you know, I just I like him a lot. Sabonis, so like I said, he he doesn't he could potentially be there, but I don't know if he's going to lead the league. Um, you you take a look at Anthony Davis. Uh, it's actually scarier than than Halloween to a four year old to bet on a season long prop with Anthony Davis's health. Uh-huh. So I'm not doing that. Uh, and then Rudy Gobert, he he doesn't do it for me just because they have guys that can actually rebound the ball as well. When you think about Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, Nas yeah. Reed, all of those guys can kind of rebound the ball. Um, Stephen Adams, a year older, tenth year, coming off the severe injury. Uh, don't really like him as much in this spot. His number is is down from what we what we've seen it at in the past. And there's also you know the narrative, uh, or and I won't say narrative. I'll say quote from Jared Jackson Jr. saying that his goal is to be a better rebounder as well. So I didn't really like any of those guys, uh, specifically Stephen Adams in that spot. But I didn't really like any of those guys. So I think Giannis Giannis takes this you know take this season serious. You know if he's gonna uh, put the put the league on display to let them know that he is still you know, truly one of the best big men in the league and probably the best big man. We saw him dunk on Christian, block Christian Wood's shot and, and tag him in it. So he he's out for vengeance this year, you know. That was just the beginning, and that was in the preseason. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be a big year for Giannis. I mean, I, like you mentioned, it, I think it started with what he mentioned uh, at the uh, podium after they were eliminated uh, at the hands of the Miami Heat, right? And I think that he wants to reassert himself as not only the one of the best big men in the league, but the best player uh, in the league, right? And I think that um, now that he has, you know, Damian Lillard there to, I guess, help facilitate that. Um, and I think, you know, Damian Lillard knows going into Milwaukee that it's it's Giannis's team. And I think that, you know, the offense is still going to start and stop with Giannis out there. So, yeah, I, I don't hate that at all. Um, I agree about the Giannis one. I, again, I just feel like he's going to be one of these top guys there. Um, if you want to go maybe a little further down the odds, I mean, we've seen Clint Capella do it when he was with the Rockets grabbing those rebounds. Maybe with John Collins out of the picture, that maybe his number does go up a little bit as far as rebounds per game, 12 to 1. I don't like Rudy Gobert. Like everything that you mentioned there, I agree. I used to have Carly Anthony Towns there. He can grab rebounds. Nas Reed, uh, Anthony Edwards is a guy that can get rebounds there as well. Uh, so I did consider Clint Capella at 12 to 1. And nothing really stuck out to me going further down the list. But I, I think it's either going to be Giannis. Uh, Sabonis, like we mentioned, because I did like the over on his uh, rebounds per game. He is the odds-on favorite, plus 275. And again, Anthony Davis last season led the league in rebounds per game as well, even with LeBron being there. So uh, nothing really stuck out to me as far as rebound uh, per game a leader. Uh, all right, uh, Chris, let's get over to who is going to be the scoring champion, the points per game leader for this upcoming season. Joel Embiid is the odds-on favorite right now, close to two to one, followed by Luca at plus two fifty-five, Shea at four to one, Giannis plus five fifty, Jason Tatum plus seven fifty, and then it gets into um, uh, ten to one or better. Thirteen to one is Steph, fourteen to one at Dame, Donovan Mitchell twenty to one, LeBron thirty-five to one, Jordan Poole thirty-five to one, and then it goes to Zion, uh, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker each at fifty to one, and then it goes on from there. But Chris. This season, I think last year it was Joel Embiid who led the league in uh, scoring uh, per game um, at 30.6. LeBron was number two at 30.3. And like you mentioned, a lot of that was because Anthony Davis was out and he had to take over the scoring responsibility. So maybe there's a little narrative there for guys that have other superstars on their team and they have to take over that scoring role. Maybe if they are going to be out for an extended amount of time, but who do you have your eyes on to be the scoring leader for this upcoming season? I mean, we're going gonna to go straight to shooting long shots. Let's go straight to that guy in D.C. because they don't have anybody else that's going to be able to score the ball. Give me Jordan Poole. <laughs> He's actually four, uh, 40 to 1, you know, for a fan duel. So you can get him at plus 4,000. We talked about it. New situation. Lots to prove for this guy as well. Traded from Golden State uh, where he had the green light. Now that light turns ultra green. Uh, essentially, his team, uh, you know, him and Kyle Kuzma, I, I know that he has – you know, like a, a lot of pride and, you know, just kind of putting his head down and working. He's taken all of the things that he's learned from Steph and Clay and, uh, you know, Draymond as well. And he he's in this thrust into this new role. Last season, he shot 43% on 15.5 shot attempts to average 20.4 points per game. This season, I would not be surprised me enough if we see him shoot the ball 23 to 24 times per game. Yeah, uh, he'd lead the league based on the numbers last season when LeBron actually led the league in twenty with twenty two uh, shot attempts per game at number one. So Bron, Luca, Tatum, Dame were the four players who took the most shots last season. All four players finished in the top six and scoring outside of LeBron, who finished ninth. If he can get up those attempts, you know, I think he can actually lead the league in scoring. If you can get this at forty to one, 
think I got to put a little something down on him. You know, I looked at the roster as well. They don't, like I said, they don't have a lot of talent outside of Kuzma. Denny Avdia, Corey Kispert, those guys do not move the needle for me at all. So I think Jordan Poole has a pretty, pretty big year. You know, if I would, I would put a sprinkle on, on him to lead the league in scoring. Yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's a pure shot volume thing that we're talking about here with Jordan Poole, right? I mean, he's going to have the ultimate green light. There's no question about that. And again, like you mentioned, from a roster perspective, and we talked about uh, uh, earlier that, you know, it was Bradley Beal for so many years for that team. It was, you know, uh, Porzingis last year, but those two guys are no longer on this roster. And it's Kyle Kuzma's show. It's it's going to be the Jordan Poole show in, in D.C. there. So, if you're again, if you're a Wizards fan, buckle up because you're going to see a lot of shots being taken by Jordan Poole, especially at a number. Of, I mean, the books, I think, are no as well, right? Traditionally, you wouldn't see it. Jordan Poole be a 35 to 1 um uh have 35 to 1 odds that should have odd for him to lead the league uh in points per game but again from a pure shot volume perspective i think jordan pool you you definitely have to put uh something down on um i'm gonna look further down the list i mean we talked a lot about trey young here uh chris i mean it's 101 and again it, it's it's 101 so you gotta put something down on trey young uh, to be their leader uh, as far as points per game this upcoming season. And I know we talked a lot about him with Shante Murray in the fold there as well, but I think he's going to have a he's going to have a bounce back here this year. The numbers were down last year, like you mentioned uh, earlier in the show, but I think that you know some of that had to do with stuff going on the court, whether it was an injury, a shoulder injury that he was dealing with, and stuff off the court as well. But I feel like that he's going to be in that Donovan Mitchell role under Quinn Snyder. Um, I know Shante Murray is there as well, but again, for for Trey Young, we know that he can get it done from three point land. He could get it done from the mid range. He could get it done from inside the paint, but also he can you know make free throws as well. And one of the better free throw shooters in the league uh, when it comes to a guy like Trey Young. So at hundred to one for Trey Young, I don't hate that number. I'll throw one out there. I think this one is a little intriguing to me. Um, I get your thoughts on your here as well. Um, Anthony Edwards, 60 to one. Uh, I think the shot volume has to go up a little bit because he has an average more than 20 attempts per game in his first, what, couple seasons uh, here in the league. But I think that from him, what he possibly learned with playing with Team USA over the summer and that translating to the uh, NBA season's upcoming uh, year. We've seen a lot of talk about the work ethic that Anthony Edwards has. And he's come out and said that he doesn't, he's not going to sit games. I'm not, he's like the people pay a lot of money to come out and watch the best players in the league play basketball. And if, if I'm not severely hurt, I'm not going to be sitting games and, you know, being on a team that I know has Carl, uh, Carl Anthony towns as well as a scorer. But I think for Anthony Edwards, he's just getting better and better every single year that he's in the league. And we've seen him develop his three-point shot. He can get to the basket at will as well. So for Anthony Edwards, I think for for something down at 60-1, to I don't hate that number for him. Mm -hmm. Probably my favorite young player in the league. You know, if I have nothing bad to ever say about Anthony Edwards, this dude, like you said, you know, we're talking specifically about the prop, though. So I'll, 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 uh, you know, keep my comments to myself about Anthony Edwards. But if we're talking about the prop, like you said, just going back to what you said in the very beginning, I don't know if he's selfish enough. You know, you kind of got to be selfish to, you know, to want to get this prop. And every time you literally the league and score, every time you hear Anthony Edwards talk, 
even when they try to project the conversation to be about him, he just talks about his teammates and how good Carl Anthony Towns is and how he wants Nikhil Alexander-Walker to continue to shoot the ball when he throws it to him and yeah. how Rudy Gobert is, you know, fitting into the offense. So I don't know if his mentality, you know, like I don't think that lip, that's lip service. I think it's real. Uh, and I don't know if his mentality will let him score the ball, but they should need him. And he does have the potential, absolutely, to to get this done, you know, so I could not talk you off of that one at all. Let me throw one out real quick. Yeah, know, yeah, go ahead. And, and go, just going up to back up towards the top. SGA, this dude finished oh, yeah. fourth last season. Uh, you can get him at four to one uh, plus uh, three, 380 on draft on FanDuel as well. Uh so for, finished fourth last season, 31.4 points per game. And I think he continues to ascend this year. This will be his seventh year in the league. And one could argue they still hasn't hit his prime yet. And this dude's only 25 years old. You look at OKC, they run a really free-flowing offense that's predicated on ball movement. Um, but when things do break down, SGA is the guy that has the ball in his hands. And he can score You know, pretty much at all three levels. He shot 51% uh, last year from the, from the field. Um, he also shot 90% from the free throw line. And he got to the free throw line 11 times last season. So he's not a 50, yeah. 40, 90 guy, but he's a 50, he's a 90, 50, 38.5 guy, right? So, cause you know, he's not going to shoot that many threes. But last season, yeah. he did take 20 shot attempts from the field. Uh, you know, so he kind of, he kind of, you know, I expect him to live at the line. I do expect him to kind of continue to ascend. And I also love that he, you know, played FIBA basketball. So I know he's in shape to start the season as well. So I don't think SGA would be, I know I gave out a long shot of Jordan Poole, but I, you know, I think you probably, you know, put a little something on both of those guys. Yeah, I don't hate it for SGA. Does does Chet now being there give you any concern about him maybe taking some shots away from SGA? Or or do you think that is obviously the offense still runs through SGA, but any concerns about, you know, Chet now being involved um, for this OKC Thunder team? I thought about that as well, you know, because Chet is going, you know, come in and take a shot. Chet hasn't really, really um, – Move the needle offensively for me. Like I, I've been looking really like for defensive purposes. Yeah, like they they need him because remember they were a terrible rebounding team last yeah. year. They need a rim protector. Remember the game I always reference is the game they had against Philly. They couldn't stop and B, so they doubled him. And B had a triple double because he just yeah. kept kicking <laughs> it out. So you know they probably won't have to do that this year with with Chet being down there. So I think he'll impact the defensive side of the ball a little bit more than the offense. That does give me a, just a, a, a kind of little bit pause of hesitation, but I think SGA can still get there for sure. Yeah. Uh, one more guy who did want to ask you about um, before we wrap up this episode. I mean, your guy, Anthony Davis, at 75 to 1. Uh, I mean, we talked about at the top of the show how for, uh, for the LA Lakers, I know LeBron. He's probably going to take a step back as far as the scoring load goes, but I want to see what he averaged last year did Anthony Davis uh, for this team. And again, the injury, I know people are going to say, oh, it's an injury concern all the time for Anthony Davis. But I think when he's ex- actually on the court, we know that he can score the basketball. But 25.9. Yeah, but I, I think for the scoring leader, it, it has to be 30-plus. Absolutely. And again, it, yeah, and it gets, it's thirty. It's 75-1 to 1 for a reason. I'm not sure if he'll, he'll sniff close to 30, but I thought that was a, just an interesting conversation to have for Anthony Davis at 75 to one. Yeah. I, you got to have that dog in you, you know, if I don't know if my, I don't know if his bark that, that big or not. Um, <laughs> I don't know if his bite that big or not. So yeah, I, I wouldn't take, I wouldn't take AD here. Uh, I, he's got to, got to prove it to me, man. I think, um, you know, I think it's more so one of those guys who, uh, you know, have, have, uh, that want to shoot the ball. They really want to score. And it's probably going to be a guard because we know it's, you know, a guard driven league outside of Joel Embiid and, 
and Luke and uh, and uh, Jokic, of course. But um, traditional, you know, um, back to the basket play like Anthony Davis does doesn't really win too often. Although Joel Embiid did do it last year, I just think on, on a team with LeBron James, uh, you know, probably won't be won't be necessary for Anthony Davis to average that many points. And we also talked about the other players kind of stepping up as well for the Lakers. So Anthony Davis probably doesn't have to. Uh, you know, do do as much uh, with LeBron as well. Both of those guys can can kind of play, uh, you know, kind of reserve themselves, I think, just a tad bit with the addition of D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, and uh, AR-15 this year. All right. Anybody else as far as this uh, scoring uh, leader market uh, for you, Chris? No, no, no. I think a sprinkle on Jordan Poole. And if, you know, one that I'm really looking at, like I said, was SGA. Those are the two guys that I, I like the most. Of course, you can always go Tatum. Like Tatum just going to continue to get better every single year. Yeah. You know, uh, I love Tatum. Love him out in Boston as well. So uh, I don't think you could go wrong with Tatum. He shoots the ball pretty much every other time. And he's, and they chuck threes. Uh, we know the offense that they like to run. If it's not a three, then they might call a timeout and take you out, put you on the bench if you didn't, you know, you shot a two-pointer. So uh, you, you yeah. never could go wrong with with uh, with uh, Jason Tatum, and I think he's going to continue to sin too. Yeah, I agree. I think, again, I, um, for for Jason Tatum, maybe look at the MVP market for him because um, I think, again, like you mentioned, it's only going to get better. The Golden State Warriors ambassador is in the building as well. Shout out to KC. Um, yeah, she's like, yeah, he's not gonna meet uh, meet the game requirements. Uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, we can't we can't talk you off of that for sure. Again, being at that uh, the sixty five game requirement to qualify for the awards and and for the the uh, the the scoring leaders and such, uh, that's definitely gonna put a thorn in the side of uh, this year for. Uh, for uh, for Mr. Anthony Davis, but yeah, I mean, she agrees with everything that we mentioned as well with Titus Young, uh, sorry, Titus Jones. Um, as far as you know, him dishing the ball, basketball to Jordan Poole and, and Kyle Kuzma, so we'll definitely be keeping our eyes on uh, Titus Young. Oh, sorry, I don't want to keep saying Titus Young, Titus Jones. Uh, for his assists, at least early in the season. So I think that's something that I'm going to write down uh, for us to keep uh, or keep our eyes on until the market does correct itself so for Titus Jones uh, as far as assists go. Uh, all right, uh, Chris, that is pretty much going to wrap it up, man. Uh, we went through our player props for season long and who we like for leaders, for assists per game, rebounds per game, and scoring uh, champion uh, this upcoming season. Anything else you want to mention, my man, before we get out of here? Nah, that's it, man. I enjoyed doing this show. You know, it was a lot of fun, you know, kind of diving all the way headfirst back into, you know, the NBA and kind of evaluating some of these markets to see what we see what we like and, you know, see what we love to kind of separate the two. So um looking forward to, you know, doing the show with you moving forward, man. Propcast is going to be jumping on and popping. So make sure you all hit that like button for me. Subscribe. Tell your friends to come cash with Chris Immunoff on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network because we're going to be giving out winners all season and we're excited about it, man. Also, yep. check me out on Twitter or X at CrispyCapping, two Ps, two Ns. All my work will be posted there so you guys can follow along as well. You're still going to do your daily show uh, uh, during the regular season there? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll be on. Uh, I got to solidify time, but we will be on and, you know, kind of kind of on and popping, you know. We're going to get it going. 100%. Yeah, I mean, like we mentioned, four days away from the season tipping off, and we got a great doubleheader uh, on uh, the opening night. I think we well, we have the Lakers and the Denver Nuggets, and then we have the Phoenix Suns and the Golden State Warriors. So uh, the the prime teams in the Western Conference going head-to-head on opening night of the NBA season. So hopefully those props drop on Monday, I'm hoping, uh, for that first game so me and Chris can do a prop cast for opening night, and then we'll figure out a schedule. At least my goal is – 
at least two to three times per week for the prop cast for the for the regular season NBA. And then we'll we'll also sprinkle in, you know, some updates on the future markets, maybe like a futures Friday episode, uh, maybe like once a month or, or twice a month. But again, like Chris mentioned, this is a great time right now. If you haven't already subscribed to the prop cast, wherever you listen to it, it's on Spotify, whether it's on Apple. Or if you just want to subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast YouTube channel, we're going to be going Monday to Friday for your NBA Gambling Podcast. Chris is going to be part of that team as well. He's going to join me on Thursday to handicap those games. And again, like I mentioned, for the PropCast as well, talking player props and only player props on the PropCast. So definitely looking forward to the season. I know the NBA Gambling Podcast crew is excited. Um, and me and Chris are excited for the podcast as well. So come tap in with us. Hopefully we can put some money in your pockets for this upcoming season. All right. We'll be back uh, later this week for the NFL podcast with myself, Chris and Rod to look out for that till then. Good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride.